Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. Joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell, on this side of the table with me because we got a special guest, Shell. Mark Williams from Swine Life Barbecue. All right. That's it's big words our, calling a special guest. One of our favorite guests, regular guests, I should say. You just need to get, make you a regular on here, Mark. You've probably been on here more than anybody. Try to. But the reason why we're having you on is because me and you did 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 the thing. We did something. We did something. Did something serious. <laughs> yeah. We cooked probably, no joke, the absolute best piece of beef I've probably ever tried. As a, as a whole, from tenderness to flavor to texture to just everything, it checked every single box. It done it. That was one of them game changers. That's like one of them things you'll never forget. Once in a lifetime. I hope I get to cook another one of those. But we, we uh, my buddy Kevin down at the butcher shop in Pensacola, Florida, y'all hear me talk about him all the time. Best butcher in the world. Um, he gets an A9 brisket. He's home with an A9 brisket. Probably ships them to every state or anybody cooking barbecues. Probably, you know, cooked one of his briskets. If you hadn't, you're missing the boat. But we told him, we got the idea. When did we get the idea to do this? It's been a while ago. It was back in the summer. It yeah. was, it was, it might have been before. When we that. done the comedy show. Because that's that when we cooked the yep, whole cooked, prime rib. Yeah. That's right. We cooked the whole prime rib. We had uh, meet Dave come out and do a comedy show. We yeah, said, Dave Williamson. We said we were going to. See if it was possible if Kevin could get us a whole Wagyu A9 prime prime rib or rib loin. And it was nothing for him. He's like, yeah, I got them. Because I guess he cuts steaks out <laughs> yeah. of them all the time and sells steaks. I'm sure not many, very many people buy it as the whole primal cut. But what what that was the price? Do y'all remember the price tag? Did you get a picture of it? It's not that bad. It was not that bad. I, mean, I was expecting like fifteen hundred. So yeah, you say that Christmas. You know, a lot of people. I hope yeah, you, you spend more on that on me, Shell. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you say that. So back back in the summer, when we were buying those prime ribs to cook for that show at Sam's Club, we paid three hundred dollars for one just for yeah. a choice. That's how expensive beef got. So for this to, to be able to cook wagyu for, I would do it again and not like feel guilty. Like I would I mean, yes, yeah. it's a lot of money, but that's something that. Man. It was I mean, I'm not going to do it every month. No, once a, once uh, a year, I'm down with six thirty seven thirty seven. Does it say what it was per pound? Yeah, four ninety nine, forty nine, ninety nine. Ooh, fifty dollars. <laughs> Don't pound. look at it that way. Don't look at it that way. <laughs> fifty dollars a pound. It was twelve point twelve and three quarters pounds. Is that what it was? Yeah, twelve point seven five of just pure this unadulterated. Is, this is the way I look at it. Marbled beef. We talk about that being expensive price per pound. Yeah. What do you think we spend on deer meat? Oh, there's no telling. There's a thousand dollars a pound there. I mean, Easy. so I mean, wagyu. Yeah, ah, don't worry about it. Or duck. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah, no, we're, we're not going there. <laughs> hey, look at dove this past summer. Man, I spent shoot pound for pound. Dove's probably the most expensive meat there is. We put a lot of money in them dove fields. So, so before we get too deep talking about prime rib, there's a few things I wanted to yeah. cover first. Did you have something you wanted to say? Um, yes, yes. Um, this goes. This is for if you're listening to podcasts, we appreciate it. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast channel, I know a lot of people subscribe to How to Barbecue Right main channel where we do all the recipe videos. But if you want to get notifications and alerts, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast channel if you're watching this video on YouTube. Because it'll yeah on YouTube because it'll let you know when these videos come out for the weekly podcast. That's all the housekeeping I have. Yeah, that's all the housekeeping. Simple. I how was y'all's Thanksgiving? Epic, good, <laughs> epic. It kicks off. It kicks off deer hunting season for me in uh, Mississippi. So we, you know, we got the deer camp this year. Mark, we had a big time down we did. there, opening weekend and cooking and eating and all the good stuff that goes to that. And shooting a few deer. Mark got him a nice. He got one of the bucks that we had on a hit list to get out get get this year. Mark got. You him. want to hear that story? Yeah, yeah. Listen to the Buck Junkie podcast. We talk all about that. So, no, um, what was the favorite thing you ate this Thanksgiving? Oh, man. And it doesn't have to be like on your Thanksgiving meal. It could be any time during. The so I cook. Week. I don't how many, how many turkeys did I cook leading up Thanksgiving? <laughs> uh, the Monday of Thanksgiving week, we cooked, cooked 13, 11. 13, 11. Yeah, eleven that day. 
But I'd cooked. We did two or three whole turkey videos. We cooked some more turkey. Just I'm about. I was turkeyed out. For our family Thanksgiving, I cooked turkey breast. Just the the whole. It was so good. Once again, thanks Kevin. He gets these big. He gets the giant Texas sized turkey breast. And man, you can't beat them. A, a whole turkey just can't even contend with this thing. I don't know if it's just because it's a homegrown turkey, wherever he gets them from. I don't really know. There, it's not like you're going to uh, Butterball and nope. get these turkey <laughs> breasts, but they are good. But they show up with skin on. Yeah, it's skin on boneless turkey roast is what it says, and there's two of them in a crawback pack, and they weigh about eight pounds each. The pack's usually 15, 16 pounds. What size turkey do they come on? A monster. <laughs> if you got two breasts like that on a turkey, you're talking. It's 20 pounds. He's, yeah. He's 40 pounds. Just, yeah. just the breast or 15, 16 pounds are cutting off these animals. That's borderline dinosaur. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> I will yeah. say, like, I cooked one of the best bone-in turkey breasts, like a butterball. I cooked one of the best ones I've ever cooked this year. Pulled the skin off of it, but we got down to camp and I ate that leftover breast you cooked. It was cold, not even warmed up. It was so delicious. It was really Man, good. I Did made a sandwich. God, we ate good. a whole one. We ate a whole one just at camp because I cooked two. I only took one of my parents because we don't have a big family. There was what six or seven of us there eating lunch. So we, I did a ham. Which I love doing a spiral ham for Thanksgiving. That's my jam. Ham and, and rolls. Normally, hot the rolls ham, out of the oven. Your smoked ham is my favorite over the smoked turkey. But this year, that turkey breast. Yeah, the turkey breast outshine. How'd you cook it? What'd you do to it? The ham or the turkey breast? Turkey breast. Uh, man, I, I called Mark and I said, "Man, when you dry brine that, what what was the things you used?" And you told me it was. You said you used to use grit and grind. Grit and grind combo. Well, I didn't have any uh, grit. All I had was grind. So AP. I used I used AP and then I went pretty pretty good dose of AP and put grind on top and then just put it back in the refrigerator overnight. It probably sat in there, I don't know, at least sixteen hours. Dry brine and it pulled some moisture out. I think a lot oh, there's a sweat. lot of moisture in there, but it made it, it, the texture on the outside. Even though you take the skin off, it gets a little crust on it, and people will think that's that's skin that you've got crusted up and crunchy like that. It's not. That's just that outer texture, but that's all. I didn't inject it. I put it on the um, Traeger, and it took it took a little longer than you would think it did. It was like right at two hours forty five minutes, almost you know, going on three hours to get to about a hundred. I, I take it to one hundred sixty, wrap it up and full. So so after I seasoned it, I put it on the pit. It was going two seventy five, two yeah two seventy five. Um, stuck a probe in it, and then once it gets to about one hundred thirty five, one hundred forty. I took it off and doubled up some full, took a stick of butter, cut it long ways, laid it over the top, wrapped it up super tight, tight as I could get it, and then left, you know, put the probe back in it, took it to 160, and then took it off and not unwrap it and vent it, just stick it in a dry cooler and took it to my folks' house and carved it there. And that dude was so juicy and moist. So that's similar to your TX type yeah, of breast. Pretty much, yeah. except I just didn't, I just used grind and. Yeah. What I've noticed most about dry brine is like, I feel like you get more flavor in it. I think with the wet brine, you might get a little bit more moisture. Yeah. But on that dry brine, to me, like that turkey breast you had tastes just like the best deli slice. Like it kind of did, then it's like maybe it was infused with flavor. It was the it's the best turkey to ever make a sandwich with. Yeah, yeah. It's better today. It's better yes. today or two after. I ate some heck this week. Like it was still some down at camp fridge when we stopped off. by, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yep, we were putting I'm up some that. other deer stands. And he said, I'm gonna grab a bite before I get out of here. <laughs> One more turkey for the year. One more. That was it. I'm probably done with turkey now. Do you have a, a theory as to why the dry brine and you think gives more flavor than the wet drop? I think because because you're getting the salt in like your AP is going to make that whatever effect. It sweats out and it pulls that back in. I think having that salt directly on that turkey breast, it has no choice but to get a little bit more flavor. I think you get more season coverage too. You yeah. Think, so regular brine, you're dissolving it and you're trying to get it in there, but it's kind of going to neutral. This one, we're putting a heavy dose on it, and it's not overly salty or anything, no. but the flavor just penetrates it. I think if you do a wet brine, by the time you put enough salt in a wet brine to get that same flavor, it's going to be salty on you. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think you, you still go, get great moisture with a wet brine, but I think the simplicity of a dry brine, it's hard to beat. And I wouldn't go that – you don't have to do it as long either. I mean, just quick overnight. overnight. It don't have to be 24 hours like a big – you know. Could you do that with a bone-in turkey? Um. Yeah, yeah. There's people dry brine them. I have. I've done it with the you do the it bone on the breast. skin. No, I pull the skin, the skin back. So I was saying, like, yeah, pull it back skin. and then put the seasoning under the skin and do it. 
Have you ever tried it on top of the skin? Yeah, that's how I've done these this year. Yeah. Or not on top, sorry, skinless is what I've yeah, done this skinless. year. But I don't You skinned a whole turkey this year, didn't yeah. you? Like took all the skin <laughs> off, off the, the whole legs turkey. And everything. everything. <laughs> the only thing I left skin on was the wings just because that was that was a fiasco. Yeah. You can't yeah. skin a wing. No. <laughs> <laughs> but everything else happening. come off. So I done that video where I done it was skin off whole Yeah, spatchcocked it, skin off everything but the wings. And it done just like you said. It had that bark, and you never would have known skin was not on it. So this year for our Thanksgiving, I done the bone-in breast, skinned them off, cleaned them up real good, done the same thing, AP, or grit and grind, let it go for a few hours, sweat it out, put it on there. Right at the end, I started basting it with butter once it started getting color. And, man, it was it looked like just barbecue, you know. Did you spatchcock it, just the bone-in the breast? breast yeah. Just cut the back I cut, I cut everything out but the sternum. Oh really? Like I cut the ribs out. I do everything. And so it, you can get you just, that meat underneath, right? You get seasoning all the way around. And when you cut it off, so I'll kind of fillet that whole breast off and then lay it on the cutting board and cut it across the grain. And you get rub eighty percent all the way around coverage, you know. And everybody that had it went to Emily's parents and we had some new people, his neighbor and stuff come down and they're like, Man, this is the best skin I've ever had on turkey. <laughs> and I was like, because it ain't none on it, yeah. you know. <laughs> So you left the keel bone. You left all that in. Mm-hmm. You're right there at the sternum and the mm-hmm. backbone, I guess, yeah, or breastplate yeah, bone. Yeah. Cut cut the rest off. Cut the ribs and everything off. And it just it presents better. It lays well on the pit. You know, when you, you carve it, do you split it in half and then carve it on the rest of the You just bone cut or? it straight down. Like you follow that breastbone and just whoop. And, and then and, cut it across mm-hmm. the across the breast and the slices. It was good. And of course I inject it with a little bit of carry gold. You know, you gotta have yeah. the carry gold. <laughs> that makes it good. The best thing that I probably had, we I think we asked um, our family that. I know me and you, Michael, talked about it, but mine was probably the sweet potato casserole you did. I can make a you did a deep one casserole. this year, and it had so we made a, you made a smaller one because my mom said don't bring too much; we don't want leftovers for days. And this one had that pecan, almost like a praline crust. Mm. About an inch and a half, almost thick, and that's my favorite part of sweet potato casserole. <laughs> that's why you it. Man, every bite you got some of that crunchy Crunch. pecan brown sugar butter topping in it. But I browned the butter that I put in the. Top. And there was but extra butter in the, like the sweet potatoes. It wasn't just some old packy cut it out sweet potatoes. I might need to see that before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. just saying. You add a little. You got to add a little Damn, cayenne and a little salt to the sweet potatoes too. Give it that balance. Bring up that. So that Emily does her sweet potato pie, and she's done a video on our channel. Yeah, yeah I've she put it. she put the cayenne pepper in it. Well, this year she done little miniature bites and put them in like homemade like phyllo cups i think that's what you call them yeah. she like rolled out like some crescent roll and then made the little bowls and spooned it in and put a marshmallow on each one your favorite you know yeah. <laughs> but they were so good was, but i bet that was good so everybody had like an individual little, little bite so i ate one and i was like mm, she might have got a little heavy with cayenne you know <laughs> well my grandmother gets over and she throws about three of them back and she said she's like I don't know what I done ate, but something spicy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, grandma's gonna find it. Yeah, she was on it, you know. But it was, it was good. But probably my best bite, grits and greens. Emily's oh, mom was man, grits you and told greens. me about that. I want it. I want that recipe. I got to try that. It's so good. She's never heard of it, have you? Mm-mm. It's like she got the. Is it like shrimp and grits? But it's. It's like a casserole, but kind of yeah. So oh, cut it out. Casserole. Yeah, it's thick. I mean, it's, it's got a lot a of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but she used the grits from the store, cooked them down, and then she does, of course, turnip greens and three or four different cheeses and, you know, seasoned up good with some AP. And it's just – Is it a spoon out or is it kind of cut out? It's a spoon out. Yeah. It's it's not thick like a dressing, but it's it's a it's a casserole. But, man. So you know how good that would be for New Year's and then do a pulled ham or just, just a butt? Oh, See, yeah. like a, just yep. a, just a salted butt, not no not barbecue style, and serve that over the top. Once you you know plate okay. it up, God, you got to do that with a little pepper sauce too to drizzle mm. over it. Oh, I'm doing that. I'm, I just typed in grits and greens casserole, and something came up, and it had little pieces of bacon on the top. She uses oh, bacon yeah. grease. Oh she yeah, does. yeah. That's it. That's the recipe, dude. When I love grits, I, I always take crumbled up bacon, and I catch the bacon drippings. Keep it warm, and when I put the grits on the plate and crumble bacon, I spoon just like a teaspoon of that bacon dripping the grease all over it, and it makes it so good with grits. Those are just regular yellow grits, no cheese. That's what kills me about Thanksgiving. Like, I love turkey and ham, and it's really good. 
Man, I love the sides. The sides are where it's at <laughs> for me. It's casserole day. That's I mean, we need to. I could be. You know, that's a new holiday we need to start. Casserole, casserole day. day. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to know. Casserole day. National casserole day. How many you know, nine how by thirteen pans are on get, table? You can ask Shell. Shell throws. She throws them away. She goes behind me and gets rid of casserole dishes. Because if it was up to me, we'd have one cabinet that was nothing but. And it got that bad, didn't it? I mean, we had. A glass casserole dish because I think you got, should have. When we got married. You like registered that, like six of them. She's like, you "What do we need six casseroles?" I said, "We're gonna need six casseroles." <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think we're gonna do on Thanksgiving? No. You know, I mean, you, green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole, hash brown casserole, now grits and green casserole, corn casserole, corn casserole. The dressing goes in a casserole dish. That's six right there. You got to have a different one for all those. <laughs> We ain't a limit. Mac and cheese, that's seven. Oh, you need the Dirty Dozen casserole dishes. <laughs> that needs to be the Malcolm collection, the Dirty Dozen it's casserole dishes. It's multiple sizes. Yeah, multiple sizes. And some are deep, form. some are shallow. <laughs> um, but now it's Christmas time. It's time. I do got to say thank you, Shell, before right. we keep going. Mm-hmm. You made, um, after Thanksgiving, we went back to, we went down to our uh, hunting house and you, <coughs> egg bowl. And you made me the husband's delight that I love, and I don't. I guess that's what everybody knows. This, I've known it as a yum yum cake. Oh, oh, I'm talking about now. Yeah, the better than Jergens cake. Yeah, better than Jergens. That's what we told Will. It was. <laughs> did he get it? I, I think he did. <laughs> but I thank you for that. It was delicious, and we enjoyed it at Deer Camp. We did. That's the it's the it's the dessert. It's got like a it's dessert that keeps on giving a pecan bottom, and then it's got like a, a cream, cream cheese. cheese mixture filling, and then a chocolate filling, and then you top it with whipped. Cool whip. Cool whip, yeah. And then you shave little chocolate shavings over the top. Yeah, I think I ate it at about 11 o'clock one night. Yeah. It was delicious. <laughs> but, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. You always complain I don't cook you. I know. That dessert. But now it's Christmas time. It is. Time Snuck up on us. For Christmas. And it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas around here. We have, um, if you're in the area, you want to get a picture of Santa Claus, he may show up here tomorrow. The man no. himself. No, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, not tomorrow, Saturday. Saturday. This is coming out Friday, right? So it will be tomorrow. So from what time, Tyler? Is Santa Claus going to be here? It's 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 1 That's how long we have the suit right anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a pet zoo. Snow <laughs> machine. for that. There may machine. or may not be a llama. Some goats. There's going to be a llama. He may or may not be wearing a Santa hat. What what else? What else is going to be involved in the animals? I don't even know if what's legal in Hernando just to have these animals out. Yes, there. it is. It's a petting zoo. What are you going to? Legal. Like we're paying someone good money to bring these animals. Have them ducked up. Uh, if you would have thought about it, you could have put a manger scene out there, and we could have put the animals out there and had like a living nativity. With chicken, <laughs> we need a good mule. What we need, <laughs> you a donkey. Yeah, you a donkey. And a oh, you get a donkey out there hollering at us. That'd be good. <laughs> and we also um, have a new how to barbecue right family photo. Oh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a good one. Have you posted that anywhere? It's on my uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen that, go to Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and check out the drawing of. See if you can name everybody. <laughs> yeah, if you can figure everybody out. The guy that looks homeless. That's me. You <laughs> <laughs> look like a mechanic. It's like Mark's been working on cars and coming. You're even wearing gloves. Too. Yeah, what's up? What? <laughs> yeah, in the picture. Have Why you do I have gloves on? I guess the artist on was using a picture of you wearing like black gloves. gloves. That's not creepy at all. I'm the only guy on this whole. Th- I did not. I got to go look now. <laughs> I'm Mikey's like, the one that got his feelings hurt. Mine's scary. Like he got it so photo accurate. <laughs> I know. It's, with the cartoon. Who would have knew? Tyler looked just like the cartoon. <laughs> he looks like a who. You and Austin <laughs> are like. I think mine's kind of accurate, too. Yeah. You know? Mine, Some of us just wore a poo light. Mine's that tight all the time. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty tight right now. Oh, Mikey looks like he's going to be on next right. season's 600-pound life. <laughs> he was very upset. He looks like Santa Claus. He was just all gray, bushy beard. Tell Malcolm he looks like... Mikey said, who is that? That ain't me. <laughs> I said it looks like if Santa had to get a part-time job working on cars. <laughs> yeah. That's what Mikey looks like. Jamie looks like y'all to be riding a West Coast chopper to work with <laughs> yeah. his old beard or goatee or whatever that is. West Coast chopper. Good stuff. That's pretty good. No, that drawing's good. We're having a... Um, 
decorate your office door contest. And some people have went really, really out, really far out after it. Tyler, have you done yours yet? No, it's coming. Okay, okay. I'm waiting on like two more things. You're waiting on everybody else to see the competition? You <laughs> yeah. got your hand work cut out for you. I'm glad All I have to say is mine is electric. <laughs> yours has, yours requires It plays batteries. music and it requires batteries. We also have a new grill cleaner and we're doing a uh, competition yeah. on the um, community page for the dirtiest grill. We have a picture of a dirtiest grill. Has we, anybody started submitting yet? Yeah, there's been a few, but they're not that dirty. How dirty yeah. is uh, Betty? That's she's always a, a good one. She's to, clean. Oh, is she? Uh, I guarantee you, Jamie's pellet grill will win. Oh, it will win. You need to go over there and get a picture of it and submit it randomly. <laughs> Man, it's so bad. <laughs> just do it randomly. He said, I, it ain't that bad. I just cook some barbecue sauce. I'm like, do you cook lard or like <laughs> what else is on here? You put a whole gallon on it? You left your pork chops on, on here or what? Yeah. No, it's bad. They say, oh, man, pe- that'll test your grill there, though. Glaze some pork chops heavy on there, real high heat, and see what it does. It's bad. <laughs> it gets real. It turns it to like sh- hard sugar tar. His is done started making a noise. Like <laughs> It's built up. It needs to be getting clean. It needs overhaul. It needs yeah. to be clean. How's that going? So you're submitting a picture of your grill, and then you're going to have. You have the, to clean it and then show us the before after. No, or? the dirtiest grill wins. If the twenty dirtiest grills win, a, a bottle of cleaner. Yeah, bottle and of then cleaner. somebody's getting a gift card to yeah. the shop or something. Yep, for that. Is this local shop. only or is this? No, no, like it's community nationwide. I fully expect that people are gonna like over fifty. Absolutely demolish their grills for this or like cook yeah. something messy and take a picture afterwards, but. I hope I hope the dirtiest one is like just disgusting. Like that's my that's my hope. Oh, these ain't even that bad. That's dirty. No, if anybody's got a backwood, just cook something in it, fill it with water, and shut the door. <laughs> Let it get up to about seventy degrees outside. And go back a week later. You'll be picking tomatoes out of that grass. It'll be molded. Yes, it'll puke you when you open it. I've been there. Like this. That's not dirty. That's what I said. That's not like I can still see the round bar grates. Like you just got seasoning <laughs> yeah. on that one, huh? That was good for another five or six yeah. butts. <laughs> Cook the exotic entry on the PK what's, on grill grates at Memphis. <laughs> what's the dirtiest you've ever gotten your grill? Mine? Yeah. I've never what's had one just get just just terrible. Disgusting. I mean, yeah, yeah, not bad. Um, now, the worst I've seen is we cooked a fundraiser for 4th of July, and I think we ended up cooking 396 butts on our old rotisserie. And like that last day, like we were that far from like as the rotation came out, it's finna baste them in the bottom. <laughs> I was like, we gotta train this. <laughs> now I have seen some of uh, Mr. Malcolm Reed's himself. Oh. I have seen some pretty good ones. I have to. I've cleaned that old, some. That hickory got pretty nasty. Yeah. The trailer before an old red trailer. Which one? The old hickory. Yeah. yeah. I can remember somebody. I'm trying. not proud of it. That's why I came out with a grill cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> it was one time we were going to do easy it. easy to say, keep your grill clean. That's another one to do it. I don't know what we were doing. If we were doing a practice or what, you were like, yeah, go out there and fire up that old hickory. And you might have to clean it out a little bit. I think Mojo was there with us. And I go out there and open it. I'm like, we're cooking on this. <laughs> like, no, we're not. <laughs> oh, you no, know he was hoping you would clean yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. I had to. <laughs> you had to. That's how I earn my rank, I guess. I hope I'm above that, but I feel like I'm really not. You ain't claimed one in a long time for one for video. Yeah, most of it's for video. Yeah. Um, there was I thought you were gonna tell the story about the time that I left uh pulled pork in the oven. The <laughs> no, so you wasn't hundred percent guilty for that. That, no, was, that was Shane. That was Shane Rickett. Yeah. He was supposed to take that home with him. So pan of pulled pork that was left over. As far as we knew, event. everything had been gotten out. Yeah. So we done that class, what, like End of January. Yeah, it was still cold. So we done a class. It was Malcolm and I think Mark Lambert. It was the, I guess, the barbecue live class. Yeah, yeah. And we rented this place out and done the class, cleaned up, good to go, went home. So that was in January. <laughs> well, in March, me and Jamie had to do a, a Wild Turkey, Turkey Federation like banquet deal. So we cooked and so we brought everything in. We had everything cooked. We were going to like pop something in the oven or I can't remember if we were going to use the oven. Walked in the kitchen. I was like, something has died. Like, something is terribly just rancid in here. <laughs> couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. When I walked by the stove, I was like, oh, it's in there. And I was like, did not expect nothing that I recognized. And I opened it up, and it was probably, it was a regular-sized stove. So, I mean, it had two racks. You could put two full pans in it. And it had molded to the size of that stove just funk. Ugh. And I opened it up. I was like, mm-hmm. 
A clothes. You have a foil over it? Yeah. It's oh. like we're growing outside the foil. Like the foil oh, done been oh eight. That was a science experiment. It was too. bad. And I told Jamie, I was like, it's in the oven. And I was like, it's barbecue from the class. And I was like, that was two months ago. <laughs> oh, it was did y'all bad. throw it away? Like yeah, Jamie about? did. Jamie put gloves on and <laughs> come running out the door with it. <laughs> put it in the old dumpster. I didn't want people to think it was something we were cooking. Because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was strong. <laughs> did you at least turn the oven on and put on something? Heck no, on. it could have blew up. Like, it was bad. <laughs> did you take a picture? No, oh. we. I was. It was. It was bad. That's been some years ago too. I called you that moment. I was like, did. "What did you do?" <laughs> like, I didn't do it. That, was, that, that was not our fault. That was not our fault. We cleaned up everything else. Yeah, I mean, somebody was supposed to take that pan and make it with them home. But I will say, you know, we cooked them butts. It still looked moist and moist. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it is. Three months later, bold or not, still moist. Still moist. <laughs> Different kind of moist. <laughs> it but bad. it had moisture in it. I was pretty proud of that. That would have held up good in a turn-in box. <laughs> now, you already talked about that prime rib. Oh man, that prime rib! I wish I had some of it right now. I know. So good. <laughs> We were looking over the video this morning. I was like, "Man, that still looks so good!" Like it was. It was a perfect cook. So we knew we were going to cook it on a stick burner. That was that was one of the stipulations when we talked about doing it. And the other was we were going to keep it pretty simple. We wanted the meat to shine, and so we didn't do a whole lot to it. No. I mean, it weighed twelve and three quarter pounds. What do you think we trimmed off? Maybe three quarter pounds. You think yeah, it's still maybe. it's still twelve pounds? And it wasn't. Like what we trimmed off, I look back at the video too. Like what was trimmed off was not, it was not good fat. I mean, it was that fat that still had some silver skin on it, yeah. you know, yeah. just from the natural butcher process, like removing that. Yep. So I mean, everything that it didn't have a tail on it. No, it didn't have it a was tail. A cryvac bag, no tail. And see, I Lip like off, that. I guess they say, yeah, because it was all pure meat. Um, if um, you check the video out in one clip, you can see the pan. Of trimmings on the pit. It did not go to waste. No, we, we cooked all those trimmings down. We had some beef rinds, is what I'd call that. Yeah. They were pretty good. They were. They were really good. Seasoned them up, let them render down. You had all that tallow in there, and it was just. Did you uh, save that tallow? I did. It's actually in a mason jar in the fridge right now. So I actually used some for some eggs the other day, and it was quite delicious. Really? What do you mean, some <laughs> eggs? I put a little oil in my skillet before oh, I fried my egg. Oh, really? Mm, beef tallow egg. Did it give you like a beefy flavor? You just got like a. Richness. Yeah, richness. It really wasn't. You didn't pick up on a lot. I mean, but about it, how much did you put in there? Just like a tablespoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was good. I always try to save. Like we always joke about, hey, we're gonna save this for later. Ninety nine percent of the time, I try to. I mean, sometimes you're just like, eh, it'd be it's all time. right. Throw it away. Let's go. But you know, beef fat, I'm I'm most likely gonna keep yeah, either for keep so good in the fridge. Deer meat, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Or if you just want to make some extra greasy burgers, grind it up in there. I've done that before. They're good burgers, but they hurt. They hurt. <laughs> no, um, we did Wagyu trimming, brisket trimming, saved them all. And my plan was to mix it in with some other ground like Some meat. regular chuck. Yeah. But that didn't happen. I ended up making a bunch of burgers with just that. Brisket brisket trimming burgers. And yeah. they cooked down about 50%, <laughs> if not if 60, 65, maybe 70%. Go <laughs> dissolves. And all you get is just this. Little Small morsel. hamburger, and they will start a fire in a Traeger. If you you cannot. Oh yeah, you can't do that on a Traeger. You can't do it on belly grill. There's so much grease coming out. That's a skillet cook. It, it is. definitely is. It definitely is. Don't do it on a Weber because it's an instant fire. But it's you cannot overcook those burgers. That's, no oh. way. You can cook them to 190 degrees and they're still just melting your mouth. That's our next one. What's up, Wagyu let's burger? Take, let's do a Wagyu burger. Do it in a cast iron skillet, but put enough tallow in there. To where it's like a dire burger. Dyer's boat. Where you just that would be now good. granted, I mean, I just want a bite. Yeah. Oh no, I'm eating it. Triple stack. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Shell rub me. I'm hurting. <laughs> Spat on me. Yeah. <laughs> Had to put a cold rag on your forehead. Oh, that's that's the worst feeling in the world. Uh, for those that don't know, a dire's burger is a Memphis. Thing where they've had the same grease that they fry their burgers in for fifty years. Over longer, longer than that. I think. When they move restaurants, they put it in an armored car. Move the grease and move the grease. So, but I've they had, fry them, right? Yeah, it's they like deep fried. Burgers. Yeah, it's like deep fried. It's not really deep fried. It's, it's only a few inches. 
I mean, would you say it's deep fried or just fat fried? I want to say what I saw them do. They put them in a basket and they drop them in a yeah. vat. They, okay. But I may be completely wrong, good. but it's completely covered. That's yeah. for us a, to find out. Yeah. We need a road trip. a road trip. Road trip. Road trip. Party bus. <laughs> Best burgers in Memphis. Let's go. Nope. Tyler's <laughs> out. <laughs> no alcohol this time. <laughs> so would y'all say that is a standing prime rib roast? No. No. What is a standing prime rib roast? It's on the bone. You bone. leave it on okay. the bone. Yeah. Okay. That's what I call a standing rib roast. No, this was just a boneless um, beef loin. Mm-hmm. So, That's exactly what it was. Uh, lip off, and it was A9 Australian Wagyu. This one, no, this isn't the Japanese A5. It's so marbled, it just looks like fat. Yeah. This, I like, I really personally, if I'm going to eat that kind of Wagyu, I like the Australian Wagyu. Australian blows the Japanese yeah. out of the water. For me. That's Because you can't eat the Japanese. No. It's fine. And it don't taste like meat. It. it ain't, it's, it's like, it's like. Uh, bone marrow and steak form is what it tastes. Now, like. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like one bite is delicious. Yeah. But if I'm gonna eat a steak, I'll pick an Australian. Or a piece day. of that prime rib. Mm-hmm. Or some brisket. I can't imagine what one of those real Japanese A5 briskets would be like. I It'd saw someone com- comment that it would have been about sixty five hundred dollars. No. Oh, a Japanese one yeah. probably. Oh, probably so. so. Yeah. yeah. I want to say it's like one twenty nine a pound. Last time I seen it, one hundred twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been. Yeah, that'd have been twelve ninety nine for ten and then another. It'd be double three hundred, yeah. triple the cost basically, almost yeah. two thousand dollars. Pretty high. So I have a question: Do you have to? Does it have to be primed to be a prime rib? There's always a debate no, about that. No. Prime rib is the preparation. What do you mean by preparation? How you cook it. Okay. What it turn? What that rib roast turns into, also known as prime rib, served that way, cooked roasted. Most often, they do it in an oven, jack the temperature up, then lower it, and it makes that crust on the outside, and they cook it to where it's, you know, rare, and they slice it off and serve it with an au and horseradish. I like doing them smoked better. Yeah. I think yeah. they taste so much better. You'll never cook one in an oven again once you do one on a smoker. It develops so much more flavor. You get the smoke penetration. Um, the, the it, To me, a prime rib can be really, really bland, especially cooked in the oven. Yeah. Um, you only get seasoning on the outside of it. So you need something else like the smoke to help it penetrate the meat, give it some more flavor down in it. And this prime rib still was pretty neutral on the inside. Yeah. It was just um, a very rich, beefy flavor. Yeah. And it melted. Yeah. And it that melted was, in your mouth. That was as soon as I cut into it. Like, when I, as soon as I touched the knife, and I was like, ooh. It just like, this, so just, this feels so good. Yeah. It's like you weren't even slicing anything. Yeah, right? no, it wasn't. And... It's one of the things, like, to me, like, if I was going to sit down and fix that as a plate, you know, you got to have a little bit of au jus on the side, just something to, you know, complement that beef. And a little salt never hurts, you know. That's one thing. You cannot get enough salt on the prime rib. Yeah. I agree. So that's all. And that's pretty much all we did. We hit it with the prime beef first, yeah. which is salt-based rub. It's just beefed up. It's got a bunch of good flavors in it. You can tell us about that. It's nothing like it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's not. Like, I've had everybody's like, well, what's the difference in grit and prime beef? A lot. I mean, oh yeah, they started out pretty much the same recipe, but prime beef has its unique flavor. Um, it's not gritty. It's not one. gritty. Prime Smooth. And That's it's a really, I mean, I think it's a really good recipe. It has I like that umami, mushroomy flavor to it. It's got a lot of that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just but something different. it has different. the salt, the pepper, the herbiness. The garlic. I use it yeah, on the, vegetables a lot. I like it's vegetables. Just, hey, on some zucchini, yeah. it's very good. you got to be careful that it'll get a little spicy. It'll get spicy. Oh, it has some heat to it. Is that from the, the, the finer grain pepper, I guess? So, no, we actually. It doesn't have cayenne in it, does it? It does. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of like the backstory to the prime beef. It was an accident. Um, I'm not scared to say this. It's one of them deals. We were just toying with new rubs, and good buddy our, Brian, son of a butcher, he's been running grit. And he was adding more heat to it. And I was like, man, I like that. Like, it, it it just added a different flavor. But when we were trying to mass produce that and deal with a co-packer, it was just salt and heat. There was no there was no body to the flavor. It was just salt and heat. You didn't set out to make a beef rub. No. You set out to make a hot a version hot, of yeah. grit. I wanted it? something spicy. I wanted a hot, true hot rub. Because we were putting... I remember that now. We were putting extra heat mm-hmm. on ribeye steaks. Yep. In steak contest. So... It was just kind of one of them deals, and I, you know, met with our guide, our co-packer, was like, look, it's missing something, and I was like, do you have anything that would add flavor? And he's like, well, we could add, like, beef stock, and I was like, nah, so I want something that's just different. So he sent me a whole bunch of samples. As a matter of fact, you got some back there, too, and we started toying with the mushroom powder, and I fell in love. 
I mean, it was something that different. When, yeah, when you taste it, you're like, you can't pick up on what it is, but it's just like, hmm, like it's it mellows out and it's good. And it was made for prime rib. I'm telling you, any kind of beef cooked low and slow like that, brisket, prime rib, let it sit on the steak as a dry brine. I mean, it's and you'll so notice good. it like tasting out of a shaker. You won't really notice it as much. You'll smell it, but as soon as you let that rub hit something that's wet on the outside of a steak, it instantly you it smell gets it. that tongue going and it starts pulling moisture in your mouth big time. <laughs> it might have a little MSG <laughs> in it. A little MSG. A little wake them up. Yeah. The best the best ones. Best do. ones do. So why do you tie that prime rib? To hold its shape. So after we put so that was we trimmed it lightly and then we tied it up with butcher twine. And you if you don't it's going to kind of flatten out, spread out some, and it wants to cook uneven. Like the spinalis can separate from it. Part of it, you know, can kind of de- – where the fat renders can detach. Just but kind of like a ribeye would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just put a few – you know, you don't have to get crazy with it, and we're not trusting it or anything. It's just – we just cut some lengths of twine and tied individual knots yeah. all the way down it to hold its shape. Oh, kindergarten knot. Yeah, kindergarten knot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we seasoned it, and – after the after the prime beef, I just wanted something with some texture, so I used some TX. It's the you know, coarse salt, coarse pepper, a little bit of herbs that doesn't melt, kind of makes a crust, and that's all we put on it. But we did uh, bind it. We used a binder of just Worcestershire, and I've started doing that. I don't even like Worcestershire, and I've started doing that. It works so good because I mean it gives it some flavor, but it helps the outside color. When you're smoking something at low heat, we're not getting a hard Maillard reaction on it, and so it helps it. With like a browning agent almost. Yeah. That's why I like it too. I mean, I, mean, I like the taste of Worcestershire, but I don't want it heavy. You know yeah. what I mean? See, I like, I like the Worcestershire for the color and a little bit of the taste. But if I'm a, I'm a Moore's guy. You like, I like that? Yeah, I like it a little bit stronger. I guess yeah. I don't know. Moore's is stronger. It's, it's got, got a, a lot more salt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm and a it's salt got a little. Addict. It's got a little of that liquidy smoke flavor too in it. Yeah. The Worcestershire don't have. I hate that liquidy smoke flavor. I can't do too much of it. I can do a little. But, you know, I like on the Moors and the Dells, they have like a low-sodium version. I like using those because I like adding on. The Allegro's is good. Yeah, yeah. Allegro's makes it, it good. Yeah, yeah. Anything with that caramel color, you know, if you that's see what, That's yeah. what it is. It's helping that browning effect. Yeah. I mean, I've uh, even used old kitchen bouquet. It'll put color on something <laughs> real good. Yeah. Do you think so there's – So steak contest trick there. Do you think there's some sort of, of that same uh, kitchen bouquet essence in Worcestershire and things be. like that? Which I know on Wishire, they got a thing that says just caramel color on yeah, the ingredients. That's what gives it that darkness. I mean, it's got a lot of soy sauce in it. It's got, you know, that, I guess, from the anchovy paste or whatever else is in it that gives it that flavor and that good fishiness. Yeah. Mm. Raisin, is it raisins that's in makes Wishire give it, have it the flavor it does? I, I thought think. that was steak. Tamarind, I think it's called, or something like that. It's a raisiny flavor. That's what gives it, that's what gives it that. You also cooked mushrooms alongside this one. Yes. So once we got it seasoned up, we tucked a few sprigs of rosemary on top. It looked kind of fancy. Put it on the pit. So what is the point of the rosemary real quick? Does it actually mm. affect it, or is it just? No. I would, it's just, I mean, you can get some <laughs> essence of, but it ain't going to overpower or anything. Yeah. It looks kind of cool, you know? It does make pretty pictures. I like when you like when you take it off, and it kind of gets on the board, mixes with some of the juices, and you dab the meat in it, and you get a little bit of roasted rosemary flavor. Rosemary, can, it's one of those things. Get a little strong on you. A little's a great. A lot's bad. Yeah, yeah, a lot's bad. <laughs> but a little's really good. And see, I like using it. Like you know, if you're going to do like a smaller loin, you know, use the rosemary as your basting brush, something yeah, like that. I think you get the oils yep. out of it. Man, I didn't think we could have done that. We could have just used some sprigs of rosemary and dipped off in there. But so we've got a local. Like, what you call Como local? It's pretty local to us. Yeah, it's very local. It's a old school, old fashioned. I don't know how many years it's been there. Probably. A while. A while. Yeah. As long as I can remember. Probably longer than I've been alive. But it's an old school steakhouse. You get a steak. You go in, you order one of their steaks. The salad, the baked potato comes with it. It's been that way since they opened. There's two grills inside the middle of the restaurant, and they're cooking those steaks. Everybody's right there in the middle of everybody. And they do it the old school way. It's got like a Worcestershire-based marinade on it that they sprinkle on it and Willingham's Wham seasoning. That's That's all it is. But they do a side dish of mushrooms. And I call them steakhouse mushrooms. And that's pretty much what it was like my, I don't know what their recipe is, but if I was going to yeah. be a come over, that's how I'd cook them. It's like butter, Worcestershire, um, red wine, red wine, a uh, little beef broth, little little rosemary in them, and a little bit of prime beef. Shallot. Shallot and garlic. That's yeah. it. And I just mix it up, put it all in a pan, 
dump all that in there and put it right beside that prime rib, and it's kind of blocking it a little. That worked really well. It shields it a little, but as all that comes together and your your juice, the the mushroom juice starts rendering down and reducing, it concentrates those flavors, and we dip that and baste it over the top of the prime rib to add some moisture to it. So you're getting some flavor and you're keeping it from drying out, and those mushrooms are absolutely phenomenal. And I don't think, too, everybody's like, oh, like I seen once, I can't remember who it was, I cooked mushrooms one time, like, man, you're overcooking your mushrooms. I don't think you can overcook a mushroom. I didn't know what? Because, <laughs> I mean, you look at the ones at Como, they are teeny tiny. Oh, yeah. They've been cooking You can put them hours. on a little toothpick, just a little bite. And That's what I like. Is, oh, man, they're so good. The more you cook them, the more flavor they get. Yeah. Like, I like it when they're cooked yeah. down like that. They're just they're just burst with flavor when you I don't them. want it half raw. I mean, I want yeah. that when I, It's like a sponge. It soaks up all that flavor. That's all it is, is a... A vessel to hold all that goodness we <laughs> bathed it in. That's right. That's all it is. No, last Mushroom year. I should flavor. That one <laughs> For a Christmas party, I done kind of like you did. I just I sauteed some onions and stuff like that and garlic, and I put them in a crock pot and just dumped four or five things of mushrooms in there and cut it on low and let it go all day. Mm-hmm. Man, it was so good. You know, that's what, I mean, that was my old brisket. Yeah. My you the one taught me that. In brisket sauce. I always did a mushroom reduction like that and then drained it all. Three hundred dollars worth of ingredients <laughs> to make yeah. that, and that's what went in. Eight or eight, about twelve ounces of that went in my wrap liquid. Yeah, it was so good. That God, was that rich. sauce was really really good. Yeah, and you would drain the mushrooms after you were done at the very end to get the sauce. And I would always tell you how good the brisket was going to be based on how based good on how the, good the mushrooms turned the mushrooms out. Because yeah. that was usually dinner on Thursday night. Yeah, <laughs> just mushrooms. That was <laughs> the one thing I can ever remember contents. of me or you, either one, physically measuring and timing. Was, was that, making that. Yeah. Everything had, else, it'd be like, oh, that looks good. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes, okay. Yeah. That was like, all right, seven minutes. Yeah. Stir clockwise. <laughs> yeah. Reduce it for ten more now. And if you didn't do it just right, oh. you get <laughs> The one time I helped him get stuff together, he's like, go over there and stir that. I'm like, I'm on the way now. <laughs> <laughs> he but. got into a fight with a, I wouldn't say a fight. He got argument argument with a, a, a for real chef who was trying to tell him that that's I'm putting my stuff in wrong for my mushroom reduction. I should have put what he said. Should have done. Gloves came off. Then we're fighting. <laughs> the beef broth and all that stuff should have went in there before I sautéed the or yeah, put the yeah. vegetables. I was like, man, this is how I do it. I sauté them first and then add all my wet. Now I have done something different cooking, like sautéed mushrooms. Yeah, is not putting anything on them till they're cooked. So really? like, don't seasoning wise or nothing. No, no butter, oil, no, no butter, no nothing in the skillet. Put the mushrooms in. Let them cook that water out. Soon as the water comes out, then add them. Your oh. butter and everything, mm-hmm. and it seems I like it. Yeah. It's it's a different texture, but it does really well. Yeah, I could see that because um, you're able to concentrate those flavors better. Well, without that more, you can take salt and put on a mushroom, and it'll start sweating right then. Yeah, you know. So cook the water out, then put the salt on it, or your butter, or your flavor. They have a ton of moisture in them. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah. But we cooked that prime rib. What, it took about two hours, forty five minutes. It took maybe? longer than we thought it was going to. Yeah. Do you think that was because of the fat content? Mm, I think. Does that affect? Yeah, probably. Though? I mean, I don't know. I never cooked one, so I really. I know a regular prime rib usually cooks two to two and a half hours. I think we, we were just longer. babying it so yeah. much. We were cooking. in it basting a lot. And you use that mushroom juice for yeah, base, yeah. That's which just is a great pan set right beside it. And we, I mean, we knew we wanted 120, no more. We wanted it to be that pretty reddish pink all the way across it. I mean, that was that was where we went. We didn't want to overcook it. And from end to end, that day was on the money. It was even. Yeah. I was I was very pleased with the cook. Something we didn't think about, and we talked about it afterwards, is that on something like that that's marbled up as much, it doesn't get as red. You know, it's not – it has so much more fat in it, you don't have yeah, the color yeah, pigment yeah. in there to be red. That's true. That's right where I would have wanted it. But it was perfect. I mean, yeah. yeah. I agree. I thought that's for me. God, that's it. It was melting in your mouth. It might, you might have saw some blood. I mean, it ain't really blood. It's just meat juice. It's delicious. Yeah. What do they call it? Myoglobin? It's not blood. Yeah. It's just meat juice. Oh, give me some toast. I Man. don't care. Uh, yeah. I want to run some bread through that. <laughs> when it's set there and the juices, you could just see them pouring out and they, and they get on the board and you run the meat back through it. You could get sick off that stuff. It was that good, that rich. Um, do you think you could have ate a 16 ounce portion no. of it? I barely could eat what we ate on camera. I mean, it was rich. I could have. I I know I could have. I might have hurt for (laughs) a day after. I did. I went home and ate a monster piece. So what me and Emily did, so y'all left part of that at the house. We put it in the fridge, got it chilled. Well, like two nights later, I was like, man, I'm going to do something with this. So I got out and took beef broth, Worcestershire, 
onions. I think she put, I think she put, may have put cream of mushroom and made like a hot jus. And I got over there and while that prime rib was cold, sliced it paper thin and just took a bowl that was preheated and poured that hot jus over it just to reheat it and pull it out and put it on a sandwich with cheese sauce. Oh my Just warmed goodness. it in that? that oh, yeah. Did not reheat it at all. Just yeah. the hot, straight out of the yeah. boiling water. That was so good. Did it cook it any more? Any That's, it just warmed it up. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was like, this is going to be good. And she had some little hoagie rolls, put a little yeah. smear of mayonnaise and horseradish. It was a good bite. And we did serve it with some horseradish cream sauce, too. That's that's, yeah, that's so staple. good. Prime rib, you got to have horseradish. Um, ours is in the freezer. We, got freezer some, we still have some more, yeah. We ate a good bit of it. I yeah, cut, I'd use some of it for that, and I think one morning we'd done steak and eggs. I used it, and I don't know if it's – I don't think it's none left. So I think um, it's more. Could you have used that method on a regular prime rib? Oh, yeah. On any other – any pit you have? Mm-hmm. Temperature, you hold it the same. You watch your internal temperature. You season it the exact same way. Make the mushrooms and baste it. I mean, you could just go get a regular old piece of prime rib from Kroger or from Sam's. See, now Walmart you, even has them. I saw one the other day in Walmart, like, like a little quarter roast. So when it comes to like it normal. Cheap either. It was $75 for that little piece. Yeah. yeah. Like usually, I'm a, I'm a strip loin guy when it comes to cooking it yeah. whole. I want to do an A9 strip loin now. Ooh. He, yeah, he gets to stay down. I think so, too, don't he? Why do you Why do you like the strip loin? Just because a lot of times on a to me, this is my personal opinion again. Like a ribeye prime rib, there's so much fat in there that you can't really render as much as you want with the strip loin. It's a little bit leaner, but I think if you get the A nine, you're gonna get that good fat, and you don't have there's no cap on it. So you, a lot of times on that chuck in, you'll have that big chunk of just fat that is just chewy, which I still like. It's great in some hot au jus. But I just like a strip loin. I don't like a New York strip steak. I'd much oh, rather have a ribeye. You but, know, that kind of goes back to y'all's theory that the A9 shines at lesser cuts, mm-hmm. you know. Which yeah. I don't know if the strip and loin I think would like, be lesser cut. But, oh, you yeah. can just do the truck. The truck roast are awesome. I mean, yeah. we've, he's, I've got that from Kevin before. Those A9 truck roasts are amazing. But I think, like you say, a strip loin, A9, you get the texture that you want, but you might get a little bit more beefy flavor on that strip yeah. than you will a ribeye. But that technique's solid. Like on any kind, of, anything you want to do, like a prime rib preparation, smoke and just season watch smoke, watch internal. And I Take think it too, just a one twenty. Just allow plenty of time. Don't push it. Don't rush it. And rest it. You know, you can hold that dude. Biggest thing is get a thermometer you can trust. Yeah. You, you get. I mean, what we used was a Thermarx dot. It wasn't nothing fancy. It's not an expensive yeah. thermometer, but you can trust them. You can get them on sale for thirty five, forty bucks. I'm probably going to do another one. <laughs> Christmas, I'm gonna have, I won't be doing I'll do a prime rib. But, well, you know, normally I do the, the you do beef, beef tenderloin for yeah. Christmas. Same way. I do them the same way. That's I buy it. the whole Pismo, trim it out myself in the cravat bag, save the tail meat and all that. That's good stuff. We make yeah, fajitas with it or stir yeah. fry. And then I get the center, you know, center part of that tenderloin and that got me up. The, you- the same way. When you cook it and you slice it and it's just, it's not bloody or anything, but it's like pink from red, top red. to bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's you, you want a collab on an A nine beef loin <laughs> whole fillet? Hey, that'd be a good one too. You might have to come over to my channel for that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we might have to do that, Tyler. Get ready to film that this in a couple weeks. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so y'all have done prime rib. You've both done prime rib a lot of different ways. A bunch of them. What's what's your favorite way to cook a prime rib, Mark? You. Uh, probably one of my favorites. Uh, I done a, like a butter crusted. I made like a butter paste and put all my herbs, salt, pepper, and like kind of had it at room temp and just coated the outside <coughs> of it. Of course, when all the butter melted off, it basted it the whole time. And then all those herbs you put on it just set where they were supposed to. Really? And it was, it was good. That was a strip loin that time, but that one was probably one of my favorites. Cause it made, I put a pan underneath it with mushrooms. It dripped in the mushrooms. That was part of the recipe, too. How and good were those mushrooms? Very, very good. Dripping. That's the ones the guy said I burn up that, oh, oh. you know, you what you overcooked the mushrooms. <laughs> All right, man. Several people said y'all were showing off by cooking that. Probably. I was enjoying myself. I'm about <laughs> showing off. Like, heck yeah, we were showing off. Showing off. <laughs> showing off at $700 we yeah. <laughs> of, of delicious beef. That's one thing I cannot figure out about. All like cooking and stuff. It gets some butt hurt people in this world over. Just people try to eat good. Like, <laughs> I mean, just trying yeah. to have a good time. 
not catching flack, not over the ground beef. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can't make them all happy. You, you you've um, sous vide a prime rib. Before, I have. That was probably that probably got a keyboard cook mad too. <laughs> but how long did you do that? Twenty four hours. And how big at about one hundred and thirty five or? Yeah, I don't think I done one thirty one. So if I'm going over four hours, I've said this before, I'm gonna go just a bump over one thirty just because you're supposed to. If you're under four hours, you can go less. But if you're over four, I done one thirty one, and I think it went for about twenty four hours. You know, and got it done, got it out of there, seasoned it again. That's the only thing you got to watch if you're gonna sous vide one. You have to put the seasoning to it. I don't know what it does in that water bath, but before you goes in the water bath or when it comes out, I season it before. And, and then after. when it comes out, I season it again, yeah. just like normal. Um, so I done that, and that was probably about a fourteen pound. You know, it's pretty decent. It wasn't did the biggest. You let it like completely cool before you finish it. A good bit. Just... I let it rest for probably about two or three hours, so it dropped below a hundred. You know, and then I put it back on the coals, pulled the grates off the PK where it was just a wire grate, and just crusted it up real good. It was. Well, you didn't worry about the internal after that. No, no, never look at it again. Yeah, and it was perfect. I mean, it was crusted up. Medium rare through and through. So How long does it take to get that crust on the outside? No, a couple minutes. Oh, okay. I mean, you it's literally, roll it, yeah. Rolling it. I got carried away. I think I put two chimneys of coal on the PK. So you got a little hot. Screaming. It was hot. <laughs> but, you had the idea, or you think you're probably going to do it for holidays coming up, a uh, rotisserie one. Mm -hmm. I've always, I love, I've always wanted to cook one that way. And I've seen a couple guys do it on YouTube. And I'm just like, man, that looks amazing. I mean, yes, you get the whole hole through the middle of it, but I'm sorry, that old butter crust that's uncaramelized on the outside, it's worth it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Did you see, uh, this is kind of off topic, but Nick Sing Singfield, he rotisserized a whole turkey. I know. It looked good, <laughs> it looked good too. too. It looked really good. He did it on Weber. Was that a Weber he did it on? I think so. I think yeah. so. Tyler Vouch, old rotisserie chicken on the S&S kettle. Hard mm -hmm. to beat. Well, the chicken, you don't have to worry about the intern, you know, something going through the middle of yeah. it. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do definitely one more primary recipe before Christmas. Going to do a beef loin. Um, I got something special that I'm so excited for, and it is not even that amazing, but I'm so fun. I'm, this is going to be a fun recipe. I'm well, ready. Are you going to tell? or? We'll just call it a Christmas chub. <laughs> <laughs> the old Christmas chub. <laughs> I'm betting it's uh, something. Processed meat. Process, process. It's definitely a process, and it's gonna be delicious. What's your favorite way to cook a primary amount? Uh, you're not gonna beat what we just did. I mean, I do, I do like using the fresh herbs and pieces of minced garlic, and and having all that to where it cooks down and makes a you know a, a hearty, crunchy really good crust. crunchy yeah, crust on the outside. Good. But just keeping it simple and not overcooking it, you can't go wrong with it. I mean, I've done them bone in. They're good bone in. You get a little, you know. I think you get a little more flavor. I like it the, I like on the it. bone. I like cutting it off the bone and then tying it back on the bone to cook it, so you get some of that effect. And then eating that bone when I get through, because you take it off and slice it, then you got this delicious bone with all that meat too. That bone is it's really good. I, mean, I got us some marrow bones coming. Do you, man? Do. I'm excited about that. That's something I've never. I've ate them, but I've never cooked them. At, you know, we're gonna try it at home. I've always had them in a restaurant. It's difficult. Like, no, it's you put salt cook. on them and just put them on there and let it cook till it all Are melts and dissolves. Mm -hmm. Put it on the put it on that little outlaw and let it gin. Till right. it, till put it on microwave shelf. Yeah, it'll be, it won't take long at all. Roast some bones. Be real good. You know, one thing I really like doing with prime rib is that uh, U-Bon sandwich on the oh, onion yeah. roll. The perfect, perfect sandwich. Perfect sandwich. Man, it's so good. It's pickled red onions. Yeah. What is spicy I, mayo on yeah, an onion roll? They're what they use for their like sauce for that sandwich is what inspired our creamy horse yeah, sauce. Yeah, it is. Can yeah. we kind of took what they did and, and put our twist on mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. And that's something too. Like I've noticed that cooking with y'all, especially watching you make your horseradish sauce. There's so many versions. You would think a horseradish sauce is horseradish sauce. Yeah. There's yeah. so many versions out there, and I love them all, but. Like, I've never had one taste the same from anybody. Yeah. Gotta have you know? a blue plate. Gotta have that blue plate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the key. Original recipe. Yeah. Uh, mine's blue plate. Um, but then I use the prepared horseradish and that creamy horseradish sauce um, and a little hot sauce and salt pepper. I usually just grab TX. 
See, I'm a sour cream guy. You want sour cream well, I in do. I place start, of the mayonnaise? I'll put a little mayonnaise, and if you don't have mayonnaise, put a little bit of honey or sugar. That's it. usually honey. like the, when you go to a, a, some place that's having a prime rib dinner or something, they give you that bowl. See, I'll it's do. usually a sour cream-based yeah. horseradish. Which you're kind of ending up. You like the fresh grated so, horseradish? No, I'll do it? prepared horseradish, but a trick I learned, and I read it in a recipe, so I can't take credit for it, but I'll measure my horseradish out and then put it on paper tiles and pat it down get all and that get all that water out of it. Good idea. And that way you don't have that runniness. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. But I'll do sour cream, prepared horseradish, a little splash of vinegar, hot sauce and chives, salt and pepper. And I love the chives in it. I've never put chives in it. That's good. Have you ever done a, a horseradish in the coating that you cook it on? Mm-mm. That's something I've never done either. I was scared. To, I was scared to get good. bitter on you. Yeah, and I like the option of this bite doesn't have horseradish. Oh. This bite I could dip it in. It does. Well, have you ever studded one with garlic, like whole cloves of garlic? No. the The only thing I've done that would be similar, I guess, somewhat the closest thing to that is I use all coarse ingredients on one. Yeah. So I use the big rock salt. I used the onion flake, the garlic flake, big pepper, and made it put an excellent crust, and I basted it as well to kind of rehydrate all them dried seasonings, and it done it done good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. I'm ready for some prime rib now. I started thinking about, yeah. Started, you had me daydream, and I was like, man, what's that taste like? Hey, crust. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think there's a bad. <laughs> no, that's good. A bad way to do it. I mean, I've had it's some. Like don't overcook it. Yeah, yeah. just the biggest yeah. thing. Don't. Oh, overcook don't overcook it. it. Yeah, the only ones I've ever messed up have overcooked some. Yep. The one that and it's still good. It's still pretty good. Yeah. It's one of the top overcooked. ones I've had that I thought this is not fitting to be good. Like I was like, this is. I don't know if I want this. A guy beside us, we were at a contest, <laughs> and I don't forget where we were even at. He took, and it was like a half prime rib. He put AP on it. I was like, all right, you're starting off on the right foot, yeah. you know. But he put the Hoover sauce on the outside yeah, yeah. and like glazed it, and yeah. I was like, "I like that Hoover sauce." I don't know. Well, he sliced it. He served it on a piece of little toasted bread, had a pretty decent sized slice, perfect medium rare cook, sprinkled salt on it, and had melted cheddar cheese right on top of it. And I was like, "It was. It was like it's pretty good bite." Could like, you even yeah. taste that Hoover sauce? Or no, it was just a touch of sweet that yeah, like yeah. it mellowed so out with the cheese, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it was. It was a good bite. Like I would definitely. I'd eat that again. A Fireman John sauce is a lot like that Hoover sauce. It, it gives it that it gives it that same flavor. It's got that um, touch of sweetness. Mm-hmm. So what are the big cuts? All right, you got your strip loin, you got your prime rib. Of course, you can do tenderloin. the tenderloin. Is there any other roast cuts? I mean, you can do a chuck roll like that. You can do, you know. But it, um, is the chuck roll? If you I mean, got the chuck roll, yeah. I think it would do it. You couldn't do it with the chuck roast. No, no. You'd chuck, but a you'd chuck have to, roll. You'd have to have that eye roll. Which you basically um, ribeye. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, that picanha, you could do it that way. Man, that picanha is so good. See, I don't get the same satisfaction. I mean, it, it's so good. Like a prime rib? But a prime rib and a picanha to me is not in the same. To me, the picanha has that fat, and it's almost like a brisket fat flavor. It's a different type of fat. Different texture back there. And it is. It's still great. I mean, it's That's good. delicious. Yeah. You can do a whole sirloin. That's yeah. Ooh. A big piece of meat. A nine. A nine sirloin. Again, lesser cuts. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one to do. So what? Um, what are you cooking for your Christmas? Christmas dinner. I'm leaning toward whole hog. What? I am. For Daddy. Christmas? Daddy has has been wanting to cook a whole hog forever now. And before my mother passed, that was one of her requests, is she wanted a whole hog at Christmas. So I feel like you we should do, do a whole hog. Whole hog. Yeah. yeah, you got to then. And That'd be a good time to do it. A good time to do one. Yeah. Won't be hot. Won't have to battle flies. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. do no big one. I'd try, you know, call a local pound. farm somewhere and do a 100-pound one and just, just cook it, you know, because yeah. that's a lot of meat. Eating hog. Yeah. Keep it simple. Throw it on a BFO. Let it ride. I'm definitely cooking tenderloin. I like to do... Pork loin and beef beef tenderloin. That's usually the two roasts that I like to cook for Christmas. And then we have, you know, finger-type food to go with it. And usually it's not like a sit-down dinner. That's why I like those. Well, I mean, you can. You can yeah, carrots sometimes we do it. Brussels sprouts and all that good stuff to go with it. Some 
bacon wrapped Brussels sprouts with some balsamic vinegar. Have you ever done the whole Brussels sprouts where it's on the stalk? Yeah. Man, those look good. I've never done them. But... We, I mean, you still pull them off, but yeah, they are sure, good. Yeah. It's a weird looking vegetable when it comes, <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> so I'm like, Emily bought one. I'm like, she got a tree. You're like, what is this? <laughs> but they're good. I'm sure we'll do Christmas is, I like multi, the beef. Yeah, it's a multi. You usually have multiple events at Christmas yeah. time. You got to have a good enjoy. Christmas breakfast. Have to. Oh, yeah. We always have shell cinnamon rolls and a, a breakfast casserole. And both We're going to incorporate the melted cheese melted this cheese. year. <laughs> melted cheese will be on our Christmas recipes. Waylon got so, he was like. He's probably stopped up for a week. <laughs> he ate half the band. Well, what's the it. melted cheese? Explain that one. Melted cheese. <laughs> Melted cheese in the oven in a skillet. What kind of cheese? Could be any kind. Yeah, so. Kobe Jack. I, we had. I never really knew. I thought this was like, I thought everybody done it. Like, growing up, I was like, this is normal breakfast <laughs> yeah. meal. And then, like, once I got old enough to, like, go to other people's houses, they're like, you're doing, what? <laughs> I'm like, are we having melted cheese? Melted pan of cheese? You know how no, cheese did? Like, Rotel cheese did? Yeah. It's got Rotel in it, right? <laughs> no. But no, so Christmas morning, we always did melted cheese. And mom and daddy would buy like the big pound and a half, two pound block of cheese. It could be cheddar. It could be Colby Jack. It could be whatever. And any brand? Any brand. It yeah. didn't matter. Cut it's it up. Match. Put it in your nine by 13 casserole dish. You got to have one more for your melted cheese. You just cube it? Or? Yeah. Cube it. It don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You're melting you just, it anyway. The big thing is that is use a block cheese. Don't use a processed cheese. Yeah, don't use shredded. And all that. Yeah. And just put it in the oven, let it go. And when it starts getting good and melty and kind of bubbly around the edges, pull it out. The best thing ever on a biscuit. Like you just spoon it out and it's just, it's just running everywhere like you would imagine. Do you ever put it on toast? I think it would be good on toast. It's good on anything. You put it on anything. Now, my grandmother will eat it with sugar. And I know that sounds crazy, but she'll, she'll cut, once it cools off, like you can cut it kind of like a pizza and it's still warm and soft. And she'll sprinkle sugar on top of her melted cheese. And it's, it's a sweet savory. Biscuit, or? I was thinking about adding it jelly to it. You know, yeah. Biscuit, I mean, it's, jelly, cheese. I mean, you eat brie and jelly, so yeah. Yeah. ain't no difference. Oh, that's right. But it's you got to have your melted cheese. Huh. It's it's a staple. I'm going to blow my family's mind this gonna, year. That would have been melted cheese. <laughs> Look, we, I cooked it. you done it in an iron skillet or is it always a non or casserole dish? Or? You can do it. I mean, you can. Like, I forgot where we was at. We were somewhere and I could didn't have access to oven. I just put it in a skillet and turned it on low heat and cooked it on the stovetop. And it does just as fine. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to take your time. Yeah. yeah, put a lid on it. You're good to go. <laughs> you never done it in the microwave. Have you? I mean, if air fried it. Worst case, <laughs> as long as you melt it. Smelting, <laughs> smelted cheese. But I'll never forget that is like that was hilarious. I got done cooking breakfast at Deer Camp. Had everything laid out. Everybody's going through the line, and nobody said anything. Like I've had melted cheese. I, I had it because I knew what it was. You, like it, it was no surprise. Waylon gets to the line. He's like, that? "What is this?" And I was like, "Melted cheese." He's like, "For what?" And I'm like, "You eat it. Like you just eat it." He's like, "You eat it on what?" I'm like, "Put it in Malcolm's." Like you got to put it on your biscuit. You put it on your deer meat. You put it on this. eggs. <laughs> it goes on everything. And we got done, and like we'd all get done eating. I look, Waylon's over with his knife. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to finish the rest of this cheese. And I was like, we <laughs> plugged up. He loved it. He loved it. It's good. It's real good. It don't taste like cheese no more. It I can, mean, it yeah. does, but it's different. It's cheese on another level. It's smelted. When I do that and call it chicken spaghetti, y'all make fun of me. No. <laughs> you can't. It's not the same. No. <laughs> chicken spaghetti just... Spaghetti noodles is not supposed to be with cheese. Oh, I, I said it. Oh, you think so? Oh, I love it. Well, that's about all the time we have today. Well, hey, that was a fun one, Mark. I appreciate well, you. Quick. I, I do have a appreciate you letting us come over to your house. Yeah. And do that recipe, and we're definitely gonna have to do one again. Oh, coming soon. I do have a question. I, have, I had an extra sheet of the little ham biscuits. Did y'all eat that at dinner? Yes. Oh, I did not get that. Where was that? I'm pretty sure we cooked them. No, they were in there wrapped up in full individually because I wrapped them Oh, you wrapped me one up. That's right. Yeah, did you eat one? No, I put oh. it back in the fridge and got cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turkey. I did not know no, I, cook, I cooked the macaroni and cheese pan. We had the uh, Jergens cake. We had the <laughs> <laughs> Jergens cake. I love that. <laughs> we had that little ham biscuits. That is. We had, we had it all. We had it all. I'll let you take the pecan pie home. 
We ate the rest of the turkey. I mean, so, we ain't good at Dairy Kent. We had gravy every meal. Every meal. <laughs> every meal we had gravy. We probably went through three dozen eggs. I don't know how many pounds of sausage. I cooked a dozen scrambled eggs, and they were gone. Yeah, gone. I don't know how many cans of biscuits we went through. How many of what was it? Eight or nine. Yeah. I mean, it ain't like we just two guys. Wasn't eight or nine there. How many was four? There wasn't no empty beds. People were sleeping on the couch. We blame it on the kids. Mike and Will ate all of it. Him and Gage, they put away some groceries. There was three kids. and One, two, three. They're not really kids. They're growing boys. Oh, they could eat as much as a grown man, all three of them. It was a good time, though. There's eight of us. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time huh. to do this podcast and recap this uh, Wagyu prime rib. It was a good time. How do you I say Wagyu? Wagyu. How are you supposed to say it? I don't know. You're asking the one, the most mush mouth guy at the table. <laughs> sometimes I say Wagyu, sometimes I say Wagyu. I think it's supposed to be Wagyu. I mean, I misspelled Wagyu. it in a thumbnail and it rode for like three months before I noticed it. <laughs> Wagyu. I've done that before. Maybe it's Wagyu. I don't know. Wagyu. Tomato, tomato. It don't it's matter. all the same. It's, it's good. good. As long as you call it when you're cooking it. Yep. That's right. Well, um, Tyler, where, where, where can the, what all do we need to know? <laughs> Make sure you download Malcolm's favorite app with all of his favorite recipes. Oh, that's right. It's the How to Barbecue Right app. It's available on the Google Play Store and Apple iOS Store. And if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button on the channel if you are watching this on YouTube. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yeah, and Shell, where can they find us? Mark, you didn't tell them where they can find you, man. Yeah, I wasn't going to take the show. Go for it. Y'all can find us at Swine Life BBQ. As always, all the social platforms. We're always looking for ideas. Y'all got anything to let us know or any we're questions? We're TikTok now. We're, got YouTube we're videos. getting we got our toes TikTok. wet in TikTok. Yeah. Stick around for some more holiday recipes. Oh, yeah. We've got about three more coming out this year. I probably got one more. That'd be about it for me. Yeah. I got a maple glazed ham that's cut in the works. Some real Vermont maple syrup. Changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> we ate some of that at their camp. If you would, uh, if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and TikTok. And go Rebels! Hope they're going to the Sugar Bowl this year. Defending Egg Bowl champions. We'll see y'all next time. We gone.